Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Book AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, you know, I have to take a minute to talk about, again, something that I am seeing pervasive in news that needs to be called out, mainstream media news. Hurricane Fiona arrived in Puerto Rico over the weekend, dumping like considerable amount of rain, wind, has knocked out power for the entire fucking island, okay? The, some of the pictures that are coming out look like full streets have turned into like the Grand Rapids, Think about what it's like when the power goes out in your home for a few hours. You're worried about food. There's no way to heat anything up. There's no way to keep cool or to keep warm, depending on what season we're in. Now, I want you to think about that and know that it isn't just a few hours. It could be a few days. I want you to think about now all of the equipment that hospitals need, that emergency services require in order to aid people. Now, I want you to remember Hurricane Maria and when Donald Trump found himself tossing paper towels at people whose entire homes, schools, communities had been devastated. Well, President Biden isn't Trump, thank God. And he immediately activated FEMA. He immediately is, you know, sending as much emergency aid as he can. 
But guess who isn't telling us these things? Guess where I found out most news about what is happening in Puerto Rico? Twitter. That's where I'm finding my news out. That's where I heard about what the president had done. That is where I saw the videos of what is happening in Puerto Rico. And now that the hurricane, it's a category one, has moved on to the Dominican Republic, I'm pretty sure we won't hear anything at all. I want us to think about how the mainstream media has showed its entire ass since the death of Britain's queen. There has been nonstop wall-to-wall fucking coverage for weeks now. Thankfully, the funeral has occurred. So maybe the newsrooms can go back to, I don't know, reporting on real fucking news for a change. But I got to tell you that not only do we not provide the people of Puerto Rico with like a real voice in our democracy, it just makes me think about the fact that once again, how, you know, white supremacy and colonization um, reign supreme on our planet. That as we are boohooing over the death of a 96-year-old woman who received her wealth and that of her family uh, through generational theft, we're also seeing our mainstream media completely ignore one of the territories of the United States because it's filled with Spanish-speaking individuals who we refuse to actually give real sovereignty to. And then I'm looking as I'm watching their streets turn into, you know, the rapids. And I'm saying to myself, as I'm in a conversation with my mother, she's like, yeah, their infrastructure is just not made for this. Like I'm watching some of these bridges and some of these buildings that, you know, look like they're basically made out of sticks and paper. Again, Puerto Rico is part of the United States of America. And I'm saying to myself, so where the fuck is the infrastructure. Were they included in Biden's infrastructure plan? We know that they were devastated during the Trump administration. And again, he didn't want to send over FEMA. He didn't want to give them a fucking thing. And why is that? Because in 2016, they went to Hillary Clinton, right? And so I'm just like, if we're going to continue to have these territories, if we're going to continue the fucking, you know, spate of colonization at the hands of this country, then maybe we actually want to provide the people with the infrastructures and the dollars to build the infrastructure that's going to stop their communities from becoming devastated every time hurricane season comes around. Because again, let me state, Hurricane Fiona was a category one, right? A category one. So if this island has the entire entire power grid wiped out by a category one storm. What the fuck do you think is going to happen to Puerto Rico as things intensify due to climate change? Are we going to help out our brothers and sisters there? Are we going to give them any type of media attention so that those that are empathetic and have the resources in order to, to be charitable can actually, you know, help out their brethren? Because you see, we can't invoke empathy when they don't even get any fucking coverage. 
I need these things to be called out and I will continually call them out because I'm like, we have just all but resigned ourselves to white supremacy. Oh, it is what it is. And I'm like, what it is is bullshit. What it is is that it needs to fucking stop. What it is is that the people like the woke AF audience need to use their platforms and their voices in order to educate the folks around y'all who don't even know what's happening. But I know that you all do because you stay tapped in. We got to start building out our own, you know, like game of telephone and our own, you know, mini networks because mainstream media can't be relied upon to do a fucking thing other than celebrate, condone, and uplift white supremacy. Switching gears, folks, I'm really excited to welcome to Woke AF for the very first time my friend Melanie Campbell, who is the president and CEO of the National Coalition for Black Civic Participation, which is a partner of the Black Women's Roundtable. Now, Melanie has been in the fight to raise civic engagement within the black community, but within our democratic community, the national coalition of civic uh, engagement is a nonpartisan organization, but it has always been about increasing the civics understanding of people of color, particularly black people and helping them to better engage in our democracy, particularly when we know that there is another party whose whole life's mission is to make sure that the only people that have a say in government are white, are cis, are straight, and are Christian. Um, So coming up next, my conversation with Melanie, as she reflects on her time uh, last week with the vice president and their talks with regard to abortion and how civil rights organizations and historic reproductive health organizations are uniting and recognizing their shared desire for equity and for justice. So that conversation is coming to you next. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. 
The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for, the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Folks, I am very excited to welcome to Woke AF Daily for the first time the president and CEO of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation and the national convener of the Black Women's Roundtable, Melanie Campbell. Um, Melanie, you had uh, you were a part of an esteemed group of civil rights activists, uh, uh, abortion rights activists who sat down recently with Vice President Kamala Harris, um, where I believe that the vice president was explaining a rededication of efforts in sorts um, to the Biden administration's commitment um, to protecting a woman's right to choose. So I wanted to give you an opportunity, would love to hear your reflections uh, from that meeting, uh, what stood out to you most. Uh, well, first of all, great, great, great to uh, be in, in in this conversation with you, my sister. And, and it's been a while, but I do follow you. I troll you. And we haven't been in, this, in spaces together in a long time. So it's first and foremost, thank you for all you do uh, and speaking truth to power. You, you know, you, you do it with uh, style and pizzazz. And so I tell people, <laughs> don't you. let that smile fool you. <laughs> So I want to first say that. Uh, but the, the meeting um, in some ways was a historic in a sense, because what, what, what it was about was we had gotten together uh, with us, some of us in the civil rights community, along with folks in the repo rights, repo justice community uh, back in the summer. And even before that, we had been organizing uh, to try to connect our uh, um, as a, uh, our movements, um, as a bishop. Um, uh, says a fusion movements, right? To fusing these movements together. So understanding that our rights and freedoms are very interconnected uh, and that the attack on reproductive rights uh, was preceded by attack on voting rights and the, 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 the real possibility and real time in some places on a state level happening when it comes to LGBTQ rights. So our rights and freedoms broadly uh, is on, on, on the line. And so the idea of having a conversation with the administration had to do with bringing our movements together, understanding that we're, we're all in, all of these things are interrelated and to fight them, we need to, to maximize our collective power together. Yes. So that was kind of like impetus for having, we did a joint letter with several of our organizations asking for this meeting. And so uh, with the administration and so here for how we ended up meeting on, um, on uh, Monday this past week, feel like a, two weeks ago, right? <laughs> but Monday, um, with the meeting, and so what, what? What the whole thing was a couple of ways. One, uh, uh, Vice President Biden, she shared uh, hair, excuse me, uh, shared kind of what the administration has been doing and what they continue to do with executive actions and the ways to try to 
utilize the different departments, Department of Justice, of course, the, uh, Health and Human Services and other areas for access to uh, reproductive health, uh, uh, inclusive of abortion, but also to protect women who will be over-criminalized in, through this uh, movement for states' rights to control our lives. Um, and in all of those areas that I talked about, that's also what's happening. Um, and then how uh, important it was for her to hear from organizations to share uh, what's happening, their concerns, and then have a conversation around recommendations where uh, where that uh, made sense. So that was kind of the big 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 picture. And I think what what um, so what was um, uh, I think most important for me with uh, with what uh, uh, Vice President Harris brought was the level of enthusiasm. And mm-hmm. uh, to, to understand, she had a map where she was showing how they're looking at these things, uh, and 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 looking at the states where you have uh, those same rights under attack, and and where you can right. see uh, through lines, um, and being able to say we're really paying attention to that, um, and and then her listening, mm-hmm. that that makes a big difference. And then and, and body language speaks a lot of to me, um, and she was all in. And the meeting was supposed to be an hour. It went over over that over an hour and a half. But then you had uh, sisters who were there um, and brothers because we had Mark Morial and Derek and and, 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 and Reverend Sharpton. Um, but you had Alexis. Uh, you, you know, you yep. had Erd there. You had PPFA there. You had Sister Song uh, with my, my sister. So we were all there together and and uh, and, and really shared um, our various perspectives. In some cases, uh, even sharing. Uh, for me, when I talked about it, I talked about the connectedness to uh, how we have to fight uh, the voting rights and right along with reproductive rights to hold our rights for the future. Um, and then, um, and so you had Planned Parenthood who had laid out a lot of the data. Um, and then we, and some of the strategies for, for instance, uh, with uh, Sister Saul, uh solutions, how do we message this? utilizing cultural um, strategies, uh, storytelling, um, because that matters in how um, she, uh, sharing uh, some of the ways that Sister Song is, uh, is utilizing uh, cultural uh, expressions to, to, to really get the message out for people. Because we got because the fight uh, has to be from really from the ground up, as well as fighting for systemic uh, protections, understanding that we couldn't talk to, we really couldn't get into the politics of the election because we were at the White House different kind of meeting. Right, right, right. right. Understanding there is an election. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's right in front of us. Understanding that the election will make a difference on whether or not we can have another opportunity to fight for federal intervention and federal um, change when it comes to protecting our rights and freedom. So that was kind of the big bucket. You know, it 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 sounds um, one. I'm I'm always so grateful when when movements, overlapping movements with shared uh, desire and pathways to equity come together, because I think that that's really how we are able to showcase our power. You know, as it pertains, because because you are a convener of the Black Women's Roundtable, and we know right that Black women are the backbone, the base, the foundation of the Democratic Party. A lot of the conversation since the since the overturning of Roe v. Wade has been about this ignite ignition of of women, women registering, 
But when they're talking about women in the mainstream media, they're talking about white women. And so I, I, I want you, um, the, the question that I have for you is how, it, it, has there been a change in, in, um, in ignition um, for black women? Because black women are always at the forefront. Black women are always getting things done. And so how have you seen the Dobbs decision uh, engage black women maybe differently or just in, in a in a broader sense uh, than before? Um, I would say that when we look at it, uh, um, the reproductive justice lens, mm-hmm. right? Not just rights, but justice, equity, you know, and how we're impacted. I think that's where... Because when um, I was just uh, on a call last night uh, where Hit Strategies laid out some data of, and they're constantly looking at the Black vote, especially from younger voters, millennial generation Z voters, uh, this issue is uh, high on the list now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so is voting rights, right? So is criminal justice and policing reform. So a racism, is, it, it, racism still number two. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the things over the course of the last two years, and especially the last year, uh, with attempts to to uh, with, with the rollback uh, of 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 our reproductive rights, but also a continuous rollback on a state level, where things would impact us on a state level, where you feel it quicker than you do a decision, and so. So I think the issue is there, but it has it's intersect, intersectional, if you will. Mm-hmm. It is looking at the whole of what we're talking about. So we're talking about rights and freedoms and safety, and even understanding uh, strategically about democracy and why strategically, as Black women specifically, we we see the fight to protect the democracy as a component to protecting our rights and freedoms. They're intertwined. It is not about, you know, just waving a flag and get, jumping behind a flag and say, oh, I'm, you know, God bless America. It's, no, it's, it's, we're strategic to understand that the erosion of the democracy is right long tied to white supremacy in this country and really white patriarchy, right? Right, white mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. Wanting to stay at the top of the food chain mm-hmm. against all odds, so you go after, you know, the women's rights. You go after all these things that have to do with inclusive democracy, right? And the changing. And um, the other piece of it, um, and 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 I'm blanking on my sister's name, um, that was there, even um, representing the LGBTQ plus community, because that's also it's all of that. You know, it's it's really marginalized us uh, from a racial perspective, from a gender perspective, yep. Yep. right, and really from a poor perspective. If you mm-hmm. break it down, right, um, 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 both who are um, living, you know, in, in in poverty. So, but but if we're if we're at odds, where I'm over here and yep. you're over there, and you know, you're more oppressed than I'm oppressed, then we never get anywhere. And we're in this moment where we have to pull our movements together and demand and you know we try to tell some of our white sisters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're coming for us they're gonna come for you right but the problem is when they come for you they're gonna over criminalize us when they come for you 
Mm-hmm. You're going to have more access to be able to get a, a, a abortion. You can travel uh, quicker. You have more financially, not that everybody's, everybody's rich. We're not saying that, but just the reality of wealth gap uh, in this country, the reality of income gap is real. So, and, and so, and then living in states where you have all of these uh, laws being passed um, and trigger laws that were sitting on the books waiting for Roe v. Wade to be overturned and uh, the reality of how that's going to impact black women, brown women, women of color specifically. So there's a lot uh, and we tried to put as much in as we could. There's a lot of our organizations. So there's a lot of people to talk. But, uh, but what I liked was that uh, Congress, uh, Vice President Harris stayed the entire time so she could hear from everybody in the room and the couple who were on the phone, on the Zoom. Melanie, how do you think that, because you talked you talked earlier too about, about creating um, a narrative, creating the messaging, right, that that is needed to pull, uh, mm-hmm. to get to people's heartstrings, to change hearts and minds. What narrative do you think that we need to have in order for white women, and maybe it doesn't come, it doesn't come from us, but just in general, what narrative do you think needs to happen in order for white women to actually understand that our fates are inextricably linked, right? That like you're saying, they're going, like now you're you're waking up and you're saying, oh my goodness, these white men don't even care about incest or rape, right? They don't care about their, their daughters or their granddaughters or their wives, right? Uh, in terms of bodily autonomy and they're waking up to that reality. What do you think the narrative needs to be as we're continuing to make this march to midterms for them to understand the intertwined fates? Oh my God, I'd be a millionaire if I could figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Whoa. Um, how do I answer that? Um, and what I mean by that is, all you get to go back to 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and historically, white, and this is just, I'm, I'm nonpartisan, but I'm just yep, yep, talking yep. to analysts. Um, for the Democrats specifically, majority, when you talk about national elections, um, white women vote, vote right, white, white men. Mm-hmm. There's never been, other than 1992, in the last 30 years plus, white women voting for Democrats who have women's rights on the, on the, on the platform. So I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Roe v. Wade, uh, the uh, impact of that, uh, I, I say the jury's out. I mean, Kansas showed mm-hmm. that, that whether that it, it transcended party. So there was something that happened and whether we'll see that, you know, you're hearing a lot of things. Uh, whether we'll see what that looks like at the ballot box on number eight will be will tell the story. Whether that because I think the narrative um, um, messaging wise, uh, the message was sent by the by the Supreme Court, and the message is being sent in some of these states. So the question is, um, and I says uh, remember this uh, dates my how long I've been doing this right, but in 2010 election yep. coming out for 2010 election and being at the uh, Legal Women Voters Conference in in Tampa, Florida, room full of white women mostly, 
And I just said, I decided that I'm going to stop saying, why do white women not vote your interests? Obviously, your interest is different than what I think it is. Mm. And so. Yep. Yep. That And so that's why I say that we'll see what happens on November 8th. Yeah. Because you can't get more personal than someone trying to control your body. So will your gender trump, no pun intended, your 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 racial identity? Mm. Which one will win? And that's a question, because at the end of the day, when Donald Trump was elected, he didn't. It was obvious to the world that he wasn't for women. Right. But that's, and twice. Yep. Majority of white women voted for him. So I don't know uh, the narrative. Yeah. But the impact, a mm-hmm. real world impact of what's happening, uh, what people are having to, what, and not just black women, but girls and young girls are being told you have to, you know, carry a baby when your body's not ready or. You walk around the sister having to go fifteen hundred. I think I saw it on the news fourteen hundred miles to to, to um, abort a baby that does has no skull. What are we talking about, right? So, I think it will it will it, that will tell us where we are because we should have had. And I was watching, and they were watching um, this whole thing over there um, uh, in the UK, you know, mm-hmm, with the Queen mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, passing and everything, and um just looking at okay so how will how will all this play out cuz they've had uh three women to to lead you know this, that country right mhm we've yet to have one yeah so the united states is really such a contradiction um and so here we have a sister, right? Who's mm-hmm. vice president? Rick mm-hmm. got us one step closer. But you know, whether we like somebody or not, there's no excuse to that. We would, I could tell you, if 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 Hillary Clinton had been a black woman, what well, we would have done even more. Yep. In. Yep. So so I I, uh, I you know I, I I say to my my white sisters, you know, you guys got to figure that out. Um, we, we can't. What, what black women can't continue to have to be is carry the load. I know that's um, right. I know so, that's right. And so, you know, I don't want you know. So that, so that's. I'm gonna stop for again. Yeah. <laughs> no, you you told you told the line. You you told the right line. Last question for you, Melanie. You know, we are like we're saying fifty some odd days from this consequential. We've been saying this though, with each and every election over the past couple of years, this is the most consequential election of our time. This is the most consequential midterm of our time. Everything is on the ballot. Democracy is on, is on the ballot, right? Um, what, where is your, on, on the scale, where is your hope right now? Where is your hope that, that, Democrat that that we will prevail when by we I mean the people will prevail against those that are trying to roll back everything roll back women's autonomy roll back black and brown people's participation in our government roll back democracy 
where 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 does your hope lie right now as 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 we are 50 some odd days away my hope is that young people own their power millennials generation z you got the numbers right and there's a lot of frustration and disappointment um but i'm holding out hope I think as black women overall, we're going to do what we do. But but in midterm elections, and not to get into the you know the weeds of it, but in midterms, it's always hard to get people to vote. Mm-hmm. But in 2018, we had young people turn out in record numbers because they saw the threat. Now, in, in 2020, there was, in the midst of a threat of a pandemic, we saw hope and a threat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Hope and a threat. And so a lot of disappointment, but... Um, um, Pitch Strategies did some research, Terrence, you know, um, and one of the things that was really telling was when you have young people who feel frustrated, uh, disappointed, a lot of things, right? But then when you point out some of the things that actually have been accomplished because of their vote, then you there's a sense, the feeling of, okay, my vote does have some power. But if you feel disempowered, and that it really didn't matter, then you're not going to vote. Right. And so we're in this moment where we got 57, like as you said, 57 days to get people, get folks to, and I'm one, I'm putting a lot of energy in to, yes, black women, because that's what, you know, mm-hmm. but also just trying to encourage young people to own it and know that there is unfinished business and you, you have moved the needle. You really do. There's power in the ballot. And don't 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 buy into there's not power in that ballot and you drive that and so even the people who disappointed you have not done everything you, that you want you got two more years and so and 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 to just remind folks pay attention to that governor pay attention to that state legislature because the damage is right in front of you where they're passing laws. So yeah, Roe v. Wade happened here. You feel like, you know, the Congress should have done, we should all, if we had the numbers, should have taken care of that, just like they should have taken care of voting rights. But the governor in your state or the state legislature in your state is in Florida, for instance, and now they have a, a, a voter fraud police locking up black and brown people, formerly incarcerated people. You know, returning citizens who tried to vote. So it's right in front of you. So the hard part is just like really get people to see, but to own that power to say you can you get another bite at the apple to mm-hmm. push for those federal changes you want, but mm-hmm. you also have to protect your own lives and your community right where we are. States' rights has never been good for black people in this country, no. right? Last I checked. But you gotta have a sense of hope. People don't tend to vote on a sense of fear alone. You gotta find a way for there to be um uh some 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 sense of we have the power. So the power in the ballot, right? So that's part of what we're doing. You know, and deal with people where they are, right? We gotta uh, uh this um we're doing a uh a, a, a power in the ballot get out the vote comedy mm-hmm. tour. Mm-hmm. I and love that. about five states to pour into folks, make get, people need joy too, because it's been a stress, stressful few years, and in in the, the enemy that doesn't want want for this nation to be for 
uh, for all of us. Yep. Uh, wants us to feel defeated. Mm-hmm. And that's and it doesn't say that all our problems will be solved on November eighth. But what's very different is in my lifetime, I've never seen a moment where I, that the whole structure itself can crumble, and we're on the bottom of that in a way that we we, we you know we read about. Yeah. Uh, is modern day real about the ver- level of suppression that will make us be as a collective multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi multi-gender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, a society to be marginalized to a few people controlling our life. And the hell with that. We got to fight it. That- we got to fight it. We got to fight it. And if we come together, which is the symbolism of the meeting, that's coming together with our movements, that we have to do more of that um, in different ways. Well, Melanie, I, you know, I, I tell you that I, I too troll you on social media <laughs> and am just in continually impressed, proud, and, and the work that you do um, gives me hope, right? Gives me hope that we can continue to give them hell. That those that want to turn America into a hellscape for people who look like us, for people who are outside of, of their perception of what America is and what they want it to be, that we're going to continue to give them hell. That we will not just sit back yeah. um, and yeah. allow this to happen. And it is your energy and your work and your coalition building that continues to give me hope. So continue the fight. My friend, yes. uh, sister, and you know, and and I appreciate you for making the time to join us on uh, on Woke AF. Thank you, and I appreciate you. And we got so this now we connected again, so that means we're gonna stay yes. connected. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, a hundred percent. Okay, all right, bye bye. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. 
Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.